Good words, right? You know, we need to always agree, always agree with the scripture, even if you don't agree with it. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes our upbringing or our culture or whatever can, can pit us against the word and then we have to make a choice. Are we going to believe the Bible or are we going to believe what, you know, Uncle Goober said, you know? And, uh, so we need to always side in, if we're going to side in, side in with the word. And then if we side, we side in with the word, and, uh, you know, in the beginning, some, I, there was things that I was taught, my goodness, at Bible school years ago that the first time I heard it, it was, it was opposite, polar opposite of what I had been taught in some of my Sunday school classes and some of the early preaching that I had. And, and I call it default theology, whatever it is. If we don't really study it out, we kind of just go with whatever we we think or whatever we used to used to believe or hurt the last message we heard on it. But uh I found out that some of my default theology was in fault. <laughs> in other words, it goes back to it goes back to a place that's not healthy and not good. So I wanna uh I had to start learning to change my default theology. You know how that works on a computer. If you have a default mode or it says, do you want to take this program back to the factory settings? Sometimes we have to change the factory settings and put in a new program. Amen. Right. Something that's, uh, they said there's an update on that and it'll work better if you put in the update. So some of us need to update how we, our relationship with money, our relationship with giving, our relationship with receiving. Amen. And other other uh, thing, maybe your relationship with divine healing and what you what you uh, were always taught might not line up with the word of God. Amen. All right. Praise God. Enough of pastor talk. Um, let's go to uh, pastor teaching here. Look at Matthew eight and. Uh, verse, we're actually, um, gonna begin reading at verse 5. Verse 8 is the key, key verse, but we're gonna begin reading it, uh, at verse 5. And I'm teaching this morning on the authority of the Word. Now really, this could be a subtopic under the authority of the believer. Did you know that as a believer, you have authority? A lot of people don't know that. They think, well, only God's got authority, only Jesus, and we're just have to kind of beg him to do something for us. But in reality, he's made us sons and daughters. Amen. He's made us as sons in faith, and uh, he wants us to act like Jesus acts. He wants us to speak like Jesus speaks. Well, now, usually when somebody says, well, what would Jesus do? You know, the bracelets were popular a few years back. What would Jesus do or what would Jesus say in this situation? You know, it was all, it always just tended towards, uh, certain topics like forgiveness and love and mercy. And that certainly is a part of Jesus. Amen. And a part that we want to, uh, emulate and be like him in that. But we also want to emulate and be like him in the area of authority. 
and 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 he's there was a strong side to Jesus. I'll tell you, you're talking about strength. It takes more strength to forgive than it does to hold a grudge. I mean, hold a grudge, your flesh will join you right immediately, you know, where you say, I'm just ready to, to be honest, I'm ready to whip this person, you know. <laughs> I'm ready to punch them right in the nose or, you know, let all the air out of their tires or do, <laughs> do something to them, you know, to let them know how I feel. But uh, it takes, it really takes a, a strength greater than us to forgive and to walk in love, doesn't it? That's that's harder to do. Is it, can anybody testify to that? That's harder to do. All right. But um, there is a side. So it, really, there's no weak side of Jesus. He's not weak. He's strong. Amen. In fact, we used to sing, yes, Jesus loves me. I am weak, but he is strong. Well, meaning we are weak in our own, just in our flesh. If we just stay in the flesh, we're going to be weak. But if we'll get in the spirit and get in the word and line up our thinking, talking, and acting with the word of God, we will find strength we didn't know we had. Amen. God will help us. In fact, he'll help you go through hard times. I, 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 I hate to break this news to you, but sometimes life brings trials and tribulations that you didn't, nobody would want. Nobody would say, that's cool. Let's do it. No, <laughs> you're going, I don't want that. I don't want a hardship. I don't want anything like that. But sometimes life, just the way it works out, and the devil attacking and just situations, sometimes it's not the devil, it's just people getting your way. And uh, uh, it's easier to deal with the devil than it is people, let me tell you. Because the devil, you just rebuke him in Jesus' name, run him off pretty quick. Uh, people, they don't run off quite so easily. Sometimes, especially if it's your boss or... <laughs> a relative that you, you know, can't uh, deal with. And so it takes more strength to, to deal with those things. Amen. So there, there's no weak side of Christ. He's strong all the way in every department. But I think that religion has painted him as almost this namby-pamby, limp-wristed, uh, you know, tiptoe through the tulips, uh, tiny Tim. How many remember him? tiptoe through the tulips with me with his banjo and nothing wrong with the song. I'm just saying that that's the image that people have of Jesus. Like, you know, he's the, the cover of the Beatles album with the peace sign and the, the little dove and the, you know, whatever. But that's not who Jesus is. Jesus is the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Amen. He's, he's the, he's the one who overcame the world, he said. I over, he's the one that can say, I overcame death, hell, and the grave. And he's in us and we're in him. So let's talk and think and act like Christ on the strength side of it, not just, well, you know, you know what I'm saying. All right. Uh, let's begin reading here. Again, the authority of the word, the word. And of course, the greatest word is the word of God. And uh, in the book of John tells us, we won't turn there, but the book of John tells us that God and his word are the same. If you have his word on it, you have God on it. And in John, the first chapter there, it uses the capital W for word, which means an entity. And a divine entity is talking about God. Amen. God the Father. So again, you know, we, we, uh, we kind of got into the habit here 
few months back of holding up our Bible and saying, this is my Bible. Why don't we do that? Because it fits for today. This is my Bible. This is God speaking to me. I have, I am everything this Bible says I am. I have everything the Bible says I have. Amen. And then there was more to it, but that's the gist of it. And so if we look, if we will look at the Word of God as holy sacrosanct, it cannot be touched, it cannot be changed, it cannot be challenged, it cannot be damaged, it cannot not work. Amen. It has to work. And I know that there's many of you that have testimonies of the Word working for you. When you worked the Word, the Word worked. And God will owe no man anything. And I'll tell you what, you can't outgive God. If you give Him your faith, you give Him your heart, you give Him your soul in, in that sense, He will pay you back in, in uh, bucket loads. Uh, good measure. How does it say in, in, in Luke? Uh, uh, 638, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. That's not just talking about giving of offerings and money. That's part of it, and we want to be a part of that. Amen? Because I want the harvest on that. But it's also talking about giving of your time, giving of your heart, giving of your of yourself. Amen? All right. Let's read this. When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, we're at Matthew 8, 5. There came unto him a centurion, which is a big deal. He's over a hundred men. Uh, Roman, he's Roman. Beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant uh, lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Now, how many think that's pretty cool? You got Jesus Christ, the Son of God, saying, I'll come right to your house. And I'll take care of this servant that you need. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Now, this is a level of faith that's beyond almost anything that you have seen. And it's a level of faith also that... um uh, where we all want to attain to, amen? We want to attain to that level of faith to where, uh, we can say, just speak the word and it'll be, it'll happen, amen? Uh, isn't that confidence? Look at the difference here, the confidence in him with speaking the word and, uh, the man in Mark 9 who said, if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. How many can see the difference there? Uh, this guy is saying, I don't even need you to be on the scene. You just say it and that'll be enough. Now, really, that's where we need to be, uh, come and need to get with faith, amen, and with the word of God where we are saying, um, you know, this is the, this is, this is the, the deal. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to believe. And, uh, I'm wanting to believe, amen, not to lift me up, but I tell you, I've been working on this kind of faith my entire walk with the Word. And once I heard these kinds of messages back in the 70s being taught, I thought, that's the man I want to be. I want to be like this centurion man that says, Lord, your Word is enough. 
Amen. And a lot of people say, oh, I just, if I could just see Jesus' face, if I could just feel his touch, if I could just be in his presence. Yeah, well, those are great things, and we all look forward to the day when we're going to see him face to face. Amen. That's a beautiful thing. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, if you just stay there, you'll never get in life the results that you could have gotten by by taking God at his word. Amen. And to really get to the place where you say, you know what, it's a wonderful thing to feel his presence, to feel his power, to <laughs> be knocked out the floor by his power or whatever you've seen in meetings or uh, the, the joy of the Lord come on you and you laugh uh, uncontrollably <laughs> because you're just so filled with his joy. I'm for all those things. If they're moved, if they're led by the spirit. You know, if we're led by the Spirit to play the B3 until the windows rattle and folks run up and down the aisles, that's great, fine, wonderful. But we don't want to just do something in the flesh just to try to stir up some flesh. Well, you can, you can stir up some flesh by passing around hot sauce. I mean, you know, you know, trick everybody into thinking it's a communion cup and it's Tabasco. And you'll have some reactions. There's no, 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 no doubt about it. You might have a lawsuit. I don't know. Depends on how much somebody has a problem with that. But, uh, we're not, we're not interested in just stirring up the flesh. Amen. Uh, we're interested in stirring up the spirit because that's where the benefits will be. I hope you're getting something out of this. But, uh, I wanna, I wanna be like this centurion and I declare that I am by faith and you can declare that about yourself that we are people of the word and that we can have this level of faith where we say, Lord, you know, I want to feel your presence. I want to know that you're with me and you're walking with me. But if that, fe- that feeling can come and go and I'm telling you the pressure of life can make you, if you went by how you feel, like Kenneth Hagin used to say, I'd just go find the highest bridge and jump off of it, you know. And I know where that bridge is. It's in Pinellas County. But uh, you just jump off of it. But uh, and, and I guess every blue moon somebody tries that. But uh, if you went by how you felt. But, you know, some because some days we feel high and happy. We're, we're all a little manic depressive, if you want to know the truth, because we have uh, – highs and we're all excited and exhilarated and then we can get one piece of bad news or whatever and you just go oh man you know now you're down in the dumps so you can't you can't like i've said you can't have a marriage based entirely on what you feel you can't have a you can't even hold down a job based on how you feel because has anybody ever gotten up on monday morning and thought I don't really want to go to work. <laughs> I have. I don't really want to do anything today. <laughs> but you do. Amen. You push yourself and you do because you know it's important. Because on Friday you want to get paid. Praise the Lord. So uh, you can't have a marriage like that. You can't have a church like that. You can't have people saying, Pastor, you can count on me. I'll be there. I'll do this job. And then, you know, the, the last minute just not show up at all. And uh, and so you, you think, well, that position then, you know, has to be reexamined. But we can't do anything just based on feelings. So I don't know why we ever started trying to have a relationship with God 
based on feelings. It needs to be based on the written and then spoken written word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God it's written. Now, I tell you, is anybody also for legal reasons, uh, spiritually legal reasons, uh, the devil cannot accuse us as long as we've got the word because we can fire the word at him too. We're going to look at what Jesus did with that. But it's important. The written word of God. Your Bible's important. Get yourself a Bible if you don't have one. If you don't have one and can't afford one, we'll give you one or mail you one. But, uh, you can get, uh, you can get Bibles too at thrift shops and places like that for, for almost next to nothing. Uh, a dollar sometimes, 50 cents. And, um, but there's, and, and most churches or whatever have some sort of Bible they can give you. And ours is the same. But I'll tell you what, you know, you, you get the Bible and you get one that's, that's holy, but not so holy you can't mark in it. <laughs> Amen. And buy yourself a yellow marker or some kind of highlighter and highlight the scriptures that really speak to you. Amen. That really stir you up and then put little pieces of paper in between where you find these scriptures quickly. And eventually you will memorize them and they'll be written on your heart and you'll have them for when you need them. How many's ever quoted the word? I've been to doctor's appointments where I quoted the word before and during and after. Amen. I've been to, to, uh, you know, financial transactions where I'm quoting the word before, during, and after. All right. Now that's where you'll have peace. Anyway, do you see the words here? Speak the word only. Now, we're applying this to the word of God. It is the word of God because Jesus is going to say it. Whatever Jesus said, whatever the Bible has. We're going to say that. We're going to do that. But to sort of unspiritualize this just for a moment where we understand it, all the guy is saying, because he's going to talk about military rank and file here in the terms of authority, he's going to say, if basically, if the captain gives the word, then we fly. If the general says we're we're going to storm the beach then we that's he gives the word and somebody will say to another soldier did did we get the word has the word come down yet has it come down from headquarters has the general decided has the president decided has the commander in chief has someone decided that this is what we're going to do this is the word did we give the word and so that's what he's meaning. You just give the word, you say it's done, and we're going to act like it's done. They used to say that in basic training and boot camps, that they'd take a group of soldiers to teach them obedience uh, to the word that's spoken and march them right up against a brick wall. And the first reaction is the first guy in line, uh, you know, let's say there's about eight of them across there, they're marching. And though the first in the ranks, they go right up, put their nose on that wall. And the first reaction is, he says, march ahead, go forward, whatever. They're going, we can't go any further. There's a brick wall here. And, uh, the, the drill sergeant <laughs> screams at them in not politically correct terms usually and says, or, uh, 
church-approved words. <laughs> he says to them, I said keep marching. He's trying to get them to understand what it means to, to march against impossibility. So it's impossible to move forward, but they can stand there and march in place until he changes the command. And really, that's a great illustration of how we obey the word of God. I hope this isn't like too heavy for you, but this is what we do is, is if Jesus says, uh, well, the, you know, the Lord told Moses about the sea, the Red Sea. He says, Lord, we got a problem here. We got the sea in front of us and Pharaoh's army behind us. And Pharaoh's army was the most advanced modern army on the earth. And he said, I mean, the killing machines behind us and we've got an, a, a body of water in front of us that everybody will drown. And so three million people have got to march across the sea or stay at the beach, surrender them. Some of them were even saying, let's surrender ourselves and become slaves again. But Moses is saying, you know, what are we going to do? And the Lord said, tell the people to march forward, to move ahead. And uh, I'm not sure that that seat, you know, he had the rod and he was told the rod represents authority and that's another message, but he parted the water. You know, Moses parted the water with the power of God in his own hand. That's a great story, isn't it? Because we think it was just God decided to part the water, but the Bible doesn't say God parted the water so much as Moses obeyed God and through that obedience, the power of God operated. Amen? And so the waters parted and they passed through on dry ground. And I'm not so sure that that water parted until the first person lifted their foot to set it down. So I think they thought, well, we'll either walk on top of the water or God will turn us into amphibious creatures for five minutes or something. But, you know, something's going to happen. And the waters parted. Amen. And so uh, the authority, when we really are obedient, and that's not a bad word, by the way. Obedience, not anti-grace. It's not anti-righteousness. It's not anti-anything. It's anti-flesh sometimes. But obedience to the word of God just means that we're going to accept it as the best answer. And we're going to follow it. Amen. And so... Has anybody ever been there with your nose against that brick wall marching in place and saying, Lord, I'm believing, I'm still marching, and until you give me another command. Now, God will either shove that wall down where you step over it, like in Jericho, the the walls of the old city are still there, and they're compressed into the ground. They're still there. They started digging, and they thought, well, we have found the bottom of the wall, you know, the foundation maybe a few feet down. They kept digging and found out that the entire ancient city was under dirt and the walls, you know, because over a period of time the silt just filled in. Those walls did not really fall down. They did fall, but they went compressed down into the ground. So all the Lord did is just went, you know, like that with his power and down went the walls. So folks, you know, people say we either have to go over the wall or go around it. Or go under it. Not necessarily the Lord might just put it under your feet. and You just step right over it. So you keep standing there marching until the walls move. 
Preach, pastor. Come on. Let us have it. Both barrels. Now here he's explaining his thinking behind that request of just give the word and my servant will be healed. He said, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, um, go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now think about that statement. How many believe Jesus meant what he said? How many believe he didn't just throw out stuff because he thought it would get him elected to the general council of the assemblies of God? No, he said things that he meant, and his word is eternal. So he said, this is the greatest faith I have found in Israel, which had to make some people really mad because, you know, you're supposed to, surely the high priest or surely one of the Sanhedrin has greater faith than this man. He's a Roman. You know, he's in the occupying army. And here he is, the, the invader, and he's got greater faith than anybody else in Israel. I don't sure that'd go over at an Israel conference today, reading that scripture. You would, you would be voted off the island. I think I have been voted off a couple of islands. Just preaching the word gets you in trouble now. He says, I have not found such great faith. No, not in Israel. Now, let's jump down to verse uh, 13. And Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way. And as thou hast believed, uh, uh, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. Without Jesus showing up physically and without Jesus touching him physically. Without Jesus praying a prayer for him. Without the centurion praying a prayer for him. I'm just pointing out what's there, what's not there. And what was the man healed on? The faith of the centurion who said, if Jesus gives the word, then that's enough. Amen. Well, praise God, What I'm challenging you today, and I'm challenging myself to live at that level of faith. If that's the greatest level of faith that Jesus had seen, then wouldn't that be something we would want to attain to? Lord, your word says it. And if your word says it, I believe it, I receive it, I act on it, and that's enough. Amen. Amen. Kenneth Hagin said one time, and I, I know this would upset a lot of people even today, in the faith movement. But he said, you know, everything that the gifts of the Spirit will bring to you, you can get by your own faith. And so we got into this thing of, well, we now to, to get that lady healed, we're going to have to have some gifts and special ministry and special anointing and special singing and special praying. And uh, none of that's in the word. Amen. Uh, according to according. It's like Jesus said to this man, be it unto thee 
you know, according to your faith or according to your word that you have spoken over it. Amen? So develop your faith. I'm not saying we're all there, that we've all attained to this nirvana level of faith or something, you know. But I am saying that it's a good goal for us, isn't it? That if we find it in the word and we speak the word, we say speak the word only and the healing will come. Speak the word only and the money will come. Speak the word only and the need will be met. All right, I love that, don't you? Now look at Matthew 4, 4. We're going to go a little backwards here because, you know, we don't just always teach in in uh, the way the, the Word's organized like that. It's just a point where we can find the Scripture. Uh, Matthew 4 and... Let's actually begin reading at verse 1 there as well. Matthew 4, 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written. Now, before we read what was written, I want you just to see those three words. That's a whole sermon series that I teach on. It is written, because those are some of the most powerful. How many believe that Jesus knew how to get rid of the devil? And notice what he didn't do. He didn't call a a mass prayer meeting and everybody join hands and speak in divers tongues to get rid of the devil or to stomp and rebuke or, you know, pour blood around the building or pour oil around the building. He said, (laughs) some of that gets into the occult, to be honest. But he said the words, it is written. Now, there, how many know that even in, in, in human, or just, just dealing with in purely human terms, legally, there's nothing like a written piece of paper. If you go to an attorney and you say, I've got a problem or whatever with a contract, they'll say, well, I want to see the contract. What have you got in writing? What did you sign? What did you do? You, even if it's a napkin from the restaurant and you signed your name to an agreement, that can hold up in court. So how many has ever dealt with an attorney? You know that they want it written down because when it's written down, it has a legal authority. Now, I'm going to add to this a little tip to help you. How many like my little ideas of how to be stronger as a believer? One of the things that I've always encouraged people to do is take three by five cards. So if you don't want that, print it out on your computer on a piece of paper. You can fold it, whatever, but make it portable <laughs> and or a little notebook that you write down some some things in. But your confessions, what you're believing God for, what you're standing in faith for, write them down. And something about seeing it written just adds to the credibility of it, to your own soul. Amen. I'm talking about helping yourself. 
Praise God. How many's done that? There's been times where I barely had space left on my bathroom mirror because I got so many scriptures stuck on it that I'm confessing that I, you know, I gotta leave enough space for my face. And the older that I get, the wider my face becomes. So I need more space or a bigger mirror. Praise the Lord. You know, sometimes you're with a group of people and they say, we're going to take photos. And I'll say, I'll be the backdrop. You know, three people can stand in. All right. Um, Again, I love what Jesus said to him. It is written. Now, I want you to see this, too, that what the devil does, and he's always done, is question what the Word says about you. Because the Word is the declarer of Jesus as the Son of God. Uh, from the beginning, from the foundations of the earth, he was, he was declared the Son of God. Amen? Before. In other words, from before the foundations of the earth. He was declared. He's always been the Son of God. Amen. And uh, so the first thing the devil says is to try to, to get you, the first statement out of his mouth is to try to get you to doubt what the Word says about you. Yeah. Are you the Son of God? Really? Half God? Now see, that. who does that sound like? That sounds like the serpent in the garden talking to Eve. He says, half God said... Is that what God is, is that, is that really what he meant? I mean, he would have been a good press secretary for the, the devil would be a good press secretary for the president. Because people say the president said thus and so, and the press secretary says, well, that's not what he meant. Or, or that's, is that what he said? I don't know. I don't have it here in my notebook. I mean, come on. That's, that's the, it's, it's a trick of the devil to get you to doubt what you hold as true and sacred. Amen? So he said, you know, to Eve, hath God, she said, we can eat, she's explaining to the snake, uh, you know, she's explaining to the snake, you know, uh, the, 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 we are, we have allowances here, we can eat of any, uh, fruit and, and, and any vegetable, anything from this garden except this one tree. And the devil says, is that really what God, is that really what he said? Come on. He didn't really mean that. Surely not. Look at that beautiful fruit hanging from that thing. Are you kidding? You know, so that's the first thing he does is get you to doubt what God has said to you. I hope I'm getting this over. Because he said, if thou be the Son of God. There's no question in Jesus' mind and heart that he's the Son of God. But he's saying, if you are, then uh, work this miracle. Turn this, turn these uh, stones into bread. And he didn't answer him by saying, well, I know who I am, and you, I bind you. Or No, no he just said, it is written. We're gonna, if we're going to have an argument here, Mr. Devil... We're going to have it with the Word. Because if you will hold up the Word of God, the de- you'll beat the devil's reasoning. But if he can get you to agree with his reasoning, then you're, you know, on that battle, you've lost. You've lost the battle. 
in your mind, the battle of your mind. Because, you know, you can, has anybody here ever been like what you would say sick as a dog? I mean, you know, you, like you flat on your back and you're puking in a bucket and stuff's, you know, you got problems. Anybody ever been there? I've been there. The flu or something. You think, oh God, like Brother Hagin used to say, first you're afraid you'll die, then you're afraid you won't. You feel so bad. But uh, it, that's a hard time to sit and claim what the Word says about you, isn't it? That by Jesus' stripes you were healed. If we were, then we are. And I've been there where I've had the worst symptoms, and then the little bit I could sit my head up, I've said, in the name of Jesus, I'm not under the curse. I'm the healed, not the sick. Amen. And I believe it will... Even if on an attack like that, it will in, in, it will shorten your recovery time. Amen. I've 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 had thing I've had things try to jump on me driving down the freeway, uh, like a case of bronchitis or something, where I've said I do not receive this in Jesus' name, and then the devil will say, Well, now if you're really healed, then how come you're having this symptom? And if you learn to resist that in Jesus' name, uh, you can, you can get, sometimes, most of the time, you should be able to get rid of it instantly. If not, at least you're, re- and you succumb to it somewhat, at least your recovery time is shorter. I believe that. I believe that, and if you don't, then, you know, fine, do your thing. But I'm just saying, this is what the Bible says. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge Concerning the, now the devil's going to play the game and say, spin it and say, okay, fine, I'll quote the scripture back at you and get you to yield to temptation. And it, um, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said unto them, all these things I give thee. Well, it wasn't his to give in the sense of, I know that Satan's God of this world because of Adam sold the lease out, but it's really not his to give Jesus. Are you kidding? He's the king of kings and Lord of lords. He's going to lie. He's a, how many know the devil's a liar and a deceiver? And he'll make you think he's got something going. All these things I will give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. Now that's what he really wanted out of the deal. Then said Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan. Again, he uses what I call the number one way to get rid of the devil. For it is written, thou shalt, for what did he say? It is what? It is believed. It is thought. 
It has been passed down through the generations. It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And then the devil left him. Amen. Well, if Jesus can get the devil to leave him alone by quoting the written word, then so can we. Amen. You know, you can't think one thing and say another. You have to, you have to, if you're talking, all of your, all of your mental capacities go to what you're saying. You have to think about what you're saying or God only knows what will come out. You have to, you have to think about what you're saying. So get your mouth moving. Praise the Lord. Start. Don't just sit and suffer and, and, Hunker down. You're going to hear a lot of that in the next week when, as the tropical storms try to come upon us. You're going to hear hunker down. We don't even really know what that means. But, you know, I don't know hunkering. I don't know what hunkering. Hankering, I I get that. I don't know what a hunkering is. But anyway, we're hunkering down according to the weather channel and, uh, you know, or whatever. But, Sometimes we want to just hunker down like a like a dog over in the corner under the porch, you know, and just kind of look out, you know, and see what's going on. But that's not the way that a conqueror looks. And we're not just a conqueror. We're more than a conqueror. Amen. And the more than the conqueror people, which we are, amen, we walk out there and face our problems, face the devil, face the darkness, and say, it is written. Amen. Amen. And we say, I'm going to speak the word only, and it's going to work in Jesus' name. And I'm a living testimony, uh, personally and ministerially, of of these truths. Amen. Amen. All right, praise God. That help you at all? Let's lift our hands and thank the Lord. We'll pray. For the uh, for the um, internet watchers, connectors, whatever, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. We magnify you. We glorify your name. We thank you for these words of life that help us. And in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray for those that are watching by internet right now. And also here in the, in the sanctuary, if you have a need in your body or, or, or whatever, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your healing power today. I thank you for your healing compassion. In Jesus' name, I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors to dry up and disappear. Father, I thank you for uh, the touch of the Spirit in every way that a person needs to be touched and changed. In the name of Jesus, those dealing with mental uh, challenges, mental illness, any kind of, uh, of, uh, of uh, alteration in the thinking, in Jesus' name, we command evil spirits to depart and to leave God's people alone. In the name of Jesus, be healed and whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. In to the tip of your toes, in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you also for those that have material and financial needs, that you show yourself strong to them this week. 
Show them that you are their provider and that you can do great and mighty things. That you make rich and add no sorrow to it. I thank you, Lord, for those things. We give you glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I think we've got a little birthday celebration in the fellowship hall for Marie and uh, praise the Lord. And uh, you're not getting older, just better. Praise the Lord. Okay. And uh, and so we're going to, uh, everyone's invited to stay for that, a cup of coffee, whatever. All right. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night unless you hear otherwise. Amen. Praise the Lord.